When was the last time you turned to your number theory textbook for career advice? Or have you ever tried to pitch a job idea so you could work somewhere? And what do you do when someone tells you you can't have it all? Today, I speak with Katherine Dodge, a senior technical program manager at Amazon's AWS. Throughout her career in the public and private sectors, Katherine shares her experiences about working at the NSA, making conscious choices throughout her career, and also how she learned about and joined AWS before it exploded onto the tech scene. Once again, I'm your host, Alex Klufus. Welcome to Modern Working Women, the podcast. Welcome to Modern Working Women. My name is Alex Klufus, and this week my guest is Katherine Dodge. She is a senior technical program manager at Amazon. Katherine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to have someone who works at, you know, one of those large recognizable tech companies. <laughs> Super exciting. But first, I'd love to just, you know, hear a little bit about yourself, you know, your background kind of a little bit about yourself in your own words. Sure, I'm happy to share. So I've I've worked in the tech sector more or less for the majority of my actual career, but I didn't take, I guess what you'd call the most direct path into it. Uh, I, you know, as a kid played around with the Lego logo stuff that was out at the time in elementary schools, always had a brain for math and science. But I didn't actually write my first computer program until my senior year of college. And I had been I had been a math major. I was also kind of almost a religion major, also spent a year in Germany. So I was spreading myself a little thin and took a computer science class because it seemed like a, a relatively practical thing, unlike everything else I had been doing. And it turns out that it was like math, except you could do things. And that's what really got me <laughs> excited. So, you know, I love math. I love the logic of it. But there wasn't a lot of real world applications. Uh, whereas in the computer world, you're able to build and you can program and you can make websites and you can make things happen, which was really, really engaging and interesting to me. So... With that information, <laughs> I kind of saw two options. One was, you know, totally shift gears and get a different major. The other was finish up school and figure it out from there. And so that's what I opted to do is I went ahead, finished up my math degree, worked for a few years in the private sector, and at the same time kind of figured out how I was going to be able to go back to school and focus more on, uh, on getting a technical degree. Oh, thought about going back to school, but realized it was going to be a little bit cheaper and a little bit more practical to go ahead and graduate and figure things out from there. So what I ended up doing was going to school part-time, getting some of the computer science classes that I needed to then get into a master's program. Uh, so I went back to school, did a master's program, uh, focused on computer science uh, in particular. But I was also a math major. 
um, when I was at Wellesley. Um, and I also tried computer science and I totally understand what you're saying when you're like, oh my gosh, it's like logic, but it, it actually does practical things. So super exciting um, to finally like have some like applicability to like kind of things that I was working on. Um, right when you graduated from uh, college, kind of what were your goals or what did you think your career path was going to be? I didn't have a firm path beyond a sentence that I had read in a number theory textbook, uh, which may sound a little bit absurd. I... Uh, so I remembered reading a sentence that said that the NSA uh, employs the largest number of mathematicians of any organization in the, wor- in the world. And that just intrigued me because I was convinced that any organization that employed the largest number of mathematicians had to be an interesting place to work. And so that got lodged in the back of my head, but it wasn't totally clear to me how I was going to make that transition. It turned out that when I was applying to graduate programs for computer science, I stumbled across this program. Uh, it's, its official name is Scholarship for Service. I believe it's it's still in existence today. Uh, I think it also goes by the name CyberCore. I like to call it ROTC for nerds. So what it was is that I was able to go back to school. It was paid for by a grant from the federal government. But as part of that arrangement, I uh, was signing up to work for the federal government for uh, two years to pay back uh, my my college commitment, which seems like a great deal to me. Uh, And it turned out that one of the big places that, uh, so as part of this, my focus was not just computer science, but really computer security. Uh, cybersecurity. And it turned out that one of the the folks who was hiring heavily in this field was the NSA. And the it ended up being a fabulous, uh, fabulous experience and, and a fabulous first job after my master's degree. Can you tell me a little bit about a little bit more about what you did during those two years after your master's degree? Yes, it's it, it was a really fun experience to to see both sides of the mission. And so, you know, they talk publicly about how there is, you know, the the defensive side protecting uh, U.S. government assets. They also have the signals intelligence side, which is about acquiring information. There, in recent years, there there has been a decent amount of information that's come out about how, how exactly they acquire that information. It's pretty diverse. It's, you know, all the things you would imagine and then some. And it was really fun to feel like I was at a place where the that you could combine both logic and imagination. So it was really about being creative, but being able to put that into practice, uh, you know, for, for a... Um, something that I felt I, I could really uh, support uh, in, in terms of the work I was doing. Uh, you know, my, I certainly had friends and, I, and I've heard concerns from folks who are perhaps uncomfortable working in the defense sector, in the defense space. Uh, you know, my perspective on it was always that if I, by providing 
decision makers with the right intelligence, if they have, the more information they have, the better the information is that they have, then the better decisions they can make and the more likely we're going to be able to avoid conflict, avoid negative outcomes. So it was really, really fun to, to work with people who were very mission driven, uh, which, which, yeah, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't change it for the world. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Exciting to hear. It's it's a different perspective to get. Also, just um, you know, you've worked both in the the public and the private sector. Um, can you touch a little bit on the differences between working, you know, for the federal government and other um, organizations that you've? Worked? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's been really interesting to see. But you know, there's similarities and and there's obviously differences. The, you know, one of the biggest challenges to me personally was how how slowly often things did move uh, on the government side. You know, it wasn't always clear how to how to get the resources you were looking for. I, you know, there was one day I came home and I told my husband, I just I spent two hours today looking for a blank CD because I, you know, I needed to copy data from one system to another system. And that was the only way to do it. And and it was just incredibly frustrating. Um so that that lack of resources does exist d- depending on where you are and it's it's you know better and worse you know better some places worse in other places at the same time it's i was certainly given that there's a lot more space to think long term uh you know i think one thing that that folks will who've worked in the private sector have definitely experienced is the the drive to deliver tomorrow deliver tomorrow there's you know hitting the numbers uh is much more of a present uh reality whereas in the government space we were able to plan a little bit more long term uh and and have our thinking be you know a year to uh even further out and in terms of other differences um you know, it's it's funny. I actually see interesting. I would say it's that I've experienced bigger differences going from a small company to a big company than I would say. You know, kind of between different sectors. Um, the the sort of in a small company, there's not a lot of slack for better or for worse. There's not a lot of, you know, you can't kind of reach out across the org and just randomly find a UX designer or randomly find someone with a very, very different background than you have. Uh, So, you know, when I was working at a a basically 50-person company, we all had roughly the same background and roughly the same experience, uh, which was really what led me to reach out to to come work at, at AWS at Amazon, because I just I felt I had the same exact background, the same exact experience as the other fifty people there, and I, and I wasn't learning and I wasn't growing. What advice would you give to someone who you know maybe is interested in entering you know working for the the government? Like, what advice would you give someone to get their foot into the door? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's certainly that that program I would highly recommend for anyone interested in security 
it's a great way to go both get an education and the pathway is to, and they've opened it up since. So it's both government agencies. It's also national labs. So places like Sandia National Labs, Lincoln Labs, there's there's a pretty broad uh, space of places that you can go work afterwards. And I would say the other, you know, the other, uh, very uh, and just a very practical point: be be willing to move to Washington D.C. That that's where I was. That's you know that's where a lot of the, the bigger organizations are. And uh, you know, it, it was very interesting. I did a brief, uh, I did a brief uh, an internship with the, what's effectively the IT department for the White House. And it was very interesting talking with some of the, the career government folks there because in particular, one, uh, one gentleman had moved from San Diego in large part because there weren't, there weren't a lot of more senior positions outside of Washington. Uh, so, so that was very interesting to hear. And I, I've, I felt very fortunate to, to you know, hear that kind of early on in my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so from from uh, you know working at the NSA, can you walk me through kind of like what your next few career steps were um, before getting to Amazon? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I I worked uh, from that job. Uh, I actually it was it was um, a, a fun kind of next step because we uh, I had been working with a. Uh, a federal, well, the technical term is an FFRDC, uh, which uh, I'm going to blank on the actual acronym, but it's a, a federally funded research uh, organization uh, out of Carnegie Mellon, and they had been building tools, and we had been, uh, you know, uh, working closely with them, and. Uh, and really, I identified a gap in their program. They had a lot of folks building great tools, but they didn't really have somebody focused on, you know, what was the customer experience, how were improvements to those tools being tracked and then driven back into those products. And so I actually, you know, I I had been itching a little bit to move on, but I wasn't quite sure what my next move was. And so I met with with the director of that, that group and said, hey, you know what you need? And I basically pitched my job description to him. And he and I, in hindsight, I'm like, wow, that was pretty, pretty bold. But um, he, he bought it. He was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I would love to have somebody in that role. And I, you know, and of course, my my uh, punchline was and I'm that person. And he was like, great. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so I ended up uh, moving over. I worked for uh, CERT, uh, which is uh, part of Carnegie Mellon, uh, part of the Software Engineering Institute there. Uh for about, I guess, two years. And, and it was a really fun job doing, doing exactly what I had, you know, seen as their gap. I, I put together trainings. It was very open-ended because it was something I had defined. So it was a matter of, of, you know, talking with customers and realizing, oh, gosh, this group over here doesn't, they're really interested in this tool, but they really need a one-day workshop or, you know, a, a two-hour demo. And so it, it, it was a great learning experience. I, um, I laugh all the time because I learned all sorts of very 
practical things like carrying every possible adapter with you, right? So a big part of my life was taking my laptop somewhere and plugging into, you know, a random projector, a random screen somewhere. Um, you know, it's always, it was always a roll of the dice, whether or not they'd have the right adapter. Uh, so, you know, I had my little black bag that had all of the different adapters. Uh, and I ended up traveling quite a bit back uh, to Pittsburgh from D.C., and so, you know, just kind of learning how to be a road warrior uh, was, a, was a good takeaway from that experience. You know, always having a, a bag pack to go. Um, that wasn't something I, you know, would have ever occurred to me to do before. Uh, but I, and by the time I was in this role, I had already had my first child. And so things were a little more hectic at home. And, uh, you know, I, I've kind of figured out, like, if I get more organized, I can get more done. Um, so then from there, and, uh, you know, the, the, one of the great things about that role was that I, the, the director of that team moved on and I, my coworkers effectively tried to nominate me as the next head of the, the team, but, you know, I, between the distance and having a young family, I just really wasn't something I was ready for and felt comfortable stepping into. Uh, but, and, and uh, you know, and I'm, regret is maybe too strong of a word, but I definitely think back on, I've thought back on that in my career and, and it's, it's helped me frame decisions going forward, thinking about, okay, is this really a, you know, a good time for me to step up? Is this something I'm going to, you know, regret not stepping up for later. At this point in your life, you know, you, you have your first child. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how your work-life balance started to change after you became a mother? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I felt, I was very confident in my decision to have a family, which, you know, I feel very lucky. I think that's, that's one of the initial things, right, that folks struggle with is, is, is this something that's important to me or not? And I, I can kind of trace it back, actually, to a commencement speaker at Wellesley who, uh, it was somebody who was an astronaut, and she, you know, it wasn't a terribly popular opinion, but she, she basically got up at commencement and said, you can't have it all, that she saw people, you know, both from her experience, my, I, if I'm remembering correctly, she did not have any children. She, you know, she had to dedicate that much time to her career because, the, you know, this was her goal to be an astronaut. And, you know, I think she saw a lot of people kind of struggling with this notion of, of trying to balance and trying to have it all. And as much as that's maybe not something we are comfortable with or, you know, we, I think people would like to believe you can have it all. I I really took it to heart and I really felt very grateful that she shared that reality. And so it really helped me solidify that that I was okay put, you know, having a family, putting that first. And that would mean certain things may or may not happen for me career-wise. But being able to make that in a, that choice in a very conscious way felt uh very empowering. Uh and I think I uh you know, I don't know that, um, uh, yeah, and so I, I was very grateful for her to, to kind of 
be that real about it. Whereas uh, I, I, that was the first time I had, I had heard somebody kind of being that open about making a choice, right? It's, it's, you might not get to have it all. It's definitely kind of, it's like a, a form of refreshing advice, you know, if you take it in the, in a certain way, because you know, at Wellesley or, you know, my experience, there's a lot of like always rushing to try to get everything possibly done, you know, cramming everything. And, you know, I, I mean, a lot of times I think of my future and I see myself being, you know, both a career woman and having, you know, like the perfect family and all those types of things. But at some point I'm also going to have to be making those choices. Um, so it's definitely really interesting to hear that someone's career advice was just like, you can't do it all that it's kind of like, like the flip side of it, you know? Yeah, it's very similar to, you know, I have a good friend and we joke about how, you know, you see you see everybody's A-roll, right, on Facebook, on Instagram, and you're you're there kind of comparing your B-roll to everybody else's A-roll, and it's and it's not a fair comparison at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think it's in that same vein. Now, turning to kind of what what sparked my interest when I was looking at your like LinkedIn, can you tell me what you're doing at Amazon kind of what projects you're working on and what your day-to-day looks like? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. The So I work in the cloud side of the business, uh, so Amazon Web Services. And, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things, I think there's maybe a little more brand recognition of, of AWS today than there maybe was three or four years ago. Uh, but for a lot of folks, you know, and, and my kids included, they, they think I put books in boxes and, and ship them out the door, which, which is fine. Uh, but the focus for AWS is hosting hosting compute power, hosting storage for really all, so ourselves first off for Amazon, but uh, for a huge number of, you know, the, the, I would say the most popular and prominent uh, startups that are out there today. So, uh, you know, we have customers ranging from Pinterest to Lyft to, uh, you know, kind of much more, I guess you'd say conventional uh, or, or uh, you know, things like financial organizations, Capital One. Uh, so they all host their IT infrastructure on AWS. And so the, the benefit to them is they don't have to buy a server, you know, wait for it to ship, wait for it to get to their data center, wait to plug it in, you know, wait to get it set up. Uh, that all happens just via a you know software API call over the internet, and so you know a very small startup. Uh, you know I think some of our startups they've grown to millions and millions of users with with eight engineers because they didn't have to manually deal with all of the the hardware infrastructure effectively. Um, so that's kind of the backstory on AWS. And so when I joined, it was about four years ago now, it was still, I would say, a fairly young, you know, young company in the sense that um, the, the only reason and, and the only reason it was on my radar was I, I was kind of poking around a little bit on the, the job scene and, and kind of looking for my next thing. And I looked at a, you know, a bunch of different security job descriptions from a couple different startups. And all of them made reference to, you know, must, must have familiarity with, and I thought it was Oz. It was like, a, a, you know, all caps, Oz. I'm like, what, what is this Oz thing everybody's all into? And I started digging into it. 
And, you know, I was like, oh, oh, this is, this is going to be big. <laughs> and the more, the more I learned about it, the more I was fascinated. And so I pretty quickly went from, oh, I'm just going to get a security job to being like, no, no, I, I want to work at that place. <laughs> so, um, you know, and this is where, you know, your, your network really comes in handy. And, and people had said to me before, you know, it's really only your first job that you'll get kind of via resume or via, you know, effectively a cold call. Uh, and so, you know, I talked, I, you know, pinged a bunch of people I knew, hey, do you know anything about this? Do you know anybody there? Uh, you know, eventually found, uh, interviewed for uh, a role on the security team and, uh, and have been having fun ever since. So I, I quickly got into launching security products. So we had a, a team that was new at the time uh, called the Automated Reasoning Group. Uh, they bring a ton of experience using super nerdy logic tools. Uh, they, they, you know, were standing that that team up within the security team, and I was was their project manager. I was the liaison to the security world, kind of translating how could they apply these tools in effective ways that would be useful for security practitioners. And so it was it was a really fun mix of it feeling like I was at a startup, but with the backing of this huge company. Um, you know, so it wasn't ever a question of, you know, was I going to get paid that week or, you know, is, is the company about to collapse? Uh, but at the same time, we had a ton of freedom to innovate and experiment and a, a base of customers that we could go to and say, hey, you know, we're, we're thinking about this problem like this, you know, is, is that going to be helpful to you? And so it was a really great opportunity to kind of combine both my technical background. And I had always kind of been flip-flopping between sort of the technical side and the customer side. And every time I got into a more technical role, I was like, well, no, actually, I think I want to be talking to customers. And then every time I was in that role, I was like, no, no, I want to do more of the tech stuff. Um, so this was very much a, an opportunity to, to combine those two. So, so out of that, uh, we, we had two projects that, that came out of a bunch of experiments. Uh, they're called Tiros and Zelkova. Uh, super fun nicknames. And uh, they they launched, they run their uh, technologies that now power different parts of our uh, public security services today. So uh, so I guess, you know, that, that was another really gratifying thing that uh, a diff big difference between my government experience and working for a private company is it was, it's been super gratifying to be able to see the projects that I work on see the light of day. Right. And be able to, to talk about them and tell people and say, hey, go to this website. I, I built this thing, uh, which is very different um, than some of the work I had done previously, for sure. Wow, that that's really exciting. You just sounded so exciting, excited talking about, you know, um, working at Amazon and like kind of like how you stumbled upon it. It's just like it's just like, oh, that's so exciting to me. I love talking to people who are like excited about what they do every day, you know. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. And it's and it's so uh, it really felt like this very serendipitous almost, uh, you know, uh, kind of merging of my background. You know, it, it sort of relied on all of these different things I had done up to that point that, you know, maybe kind of felt a bit random. Right. I, I think, you know, that's a, that's 
something that I think everybody struggles with in their career. It's like, oh, you know, it should should it look like this very beautiful linear progression of, you know, and then I did this and then I did the next logical thing. And then then I was promoted, then I was promoted. And it's like, that's that's probably not, A, I don't know anybody who has a career path like that, but B, that's not really going to prepare you for some of these opportunities when they come up. It's really having a combination of very different skills uh, that that you can then leverage that's useful. Um, that was, yeah, that was a fantastic answer and like a fantastic summary of kind of what you enjoy a lot about the job. Um, I just have one question left that I always ask everyone. Um, mm-hmm. What advice do you have for your younger self? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, that's a tough one because for me, I've always tried to be very, I don't know the best way to put it. I just remember sitting, I was on an airplane flying home from school one summer and I was very grateful for the opportunities I had gotten and the choices I had made. And I was kind of, I was sort of reflecting back on some choices, but I was, I, I just thought to myself, you know what? I don't regret it. I'm not, I I don't regret it. Right. I'm just moving forward with what, with the path I've chosen. And, and that's something I've always tried to really embrace. So after, you know, great example is after my uh, second uh, child was born, my son was born, uh, I went back to work initially, and then I was like, gosh, you know, things were hectic. I was like, well, maybe I should try being a stay-at-home mom. And then I, you know, I thought to myself, like, am I going to, you know, is this going to derail my career? And, you know, is this something I really want to do? And then I just thought, you know, well, is this something I'm going to regret having done? And then, you know, of course, no. <laughs> it would, the, the answer came to me immediately. And, you know, that's going to be an, a different answer for each person. But uh, because I felt so confident that it wasn't something I would regret, it made it very easy to do. Turns out I didn't really want to be a stay-at-home mom. I did it for about nine months. I was like, yep, okay, I think we're good. Um, but... Uh, you know, I would say just being more more confident. I, I guess that would be the biggest piece of advice, and contributing contributing opinions, even you know, not being the most senior person in the room, even not you know having the most experience in the room, uh, because you you have a fresh perspective, you have a different perspective on the problem. Uh, so don't you know don't necessarily assume that that you're not going to have something to contribute because you you do you do. So it's kind of like confidence in your decisions and then also in your ability to, you know, speak up and, and take up the space um, that you're meant to take up in whatever opportunities you're given. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because you're there because people do want your opinion and, and want to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. This was so fun to get to chat with you. Thank you once again to Katherine Dodge for joining me this week. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Once again, I'm Alex Klupas, and thanks for joining us. Thank you.